Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Welcome to Criminalia, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to another episode of Criminalia. This season, we're exploring the lives and motivations of some of the most notorious stalkers throughout history. I'm Maria Tremarchi. And I'm Holly Fry. And today we're talking about stalking behavior that's happened in the more recent past than some of our other episodes, specifically related to the Beatles. Before we get into the specific Beatle we're going to focus on today, we're also going to talk about the Fab Three for just a minute. Yes, the Fab Three. So let's start with the uh, legendary founding member of the Beatles, John Lennon. So, as most of us know, Lennon was assassinated by an obsessed fan named Mark David Chapman on December 8th in 1980. Lennon, who was 40 years old, was shot four times at close range with a 38 caliber revolver in the archway of the Dakota, which was his Manhattan address at the time. And Chapman had been a fan of the Beatles, but that fandom soured when John Lennon commented that the Beatles were, and we quote, and it's a rather famous quote, more popular than Jesus. 
Chapman was very offended by this and allegedly started planning to assassinate Lenin three months before he actually carried out that act. He had intended to cite J.D. Salinger's famous novel, The Catcher in the Rye, as his manifesto. He pleaded guilty to murder after he was taken in, and he remains incarcerated in upstate New York. In 2020, he was denied parole for the 11th time. John Lennon is the most famously stalked Beatle, but he certainly wasn't the only member of the band who was stalked. So let's look at Ringo Starr, for instance, now. There are so many stories of fans grabbing at him, like just literally at him, at his clothing, at his hair, his body. He had his hair snipped. He had it actually pulled out. He had jewelry stolen and including this one time when a necklace was actually stolen while he was wearing it. Yeah, just no sense of boundaries or respect at that point. And then we have to talk about Paul McCartney. McCartney produced a song called Fixing a Hole, which appeared on the album Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. And that song, of course, was not literally about fixing a hole. According to McCartney's own account, it was based on a surge in the number of fans who were utterly and scarily obsessed with the group since the whole Beatlemania thing began. That, we know, is when fans became so obsessed that they started trying to get things such as an item of clothing or even a lock of hair from a member of a group or stealing their necklace right off of their person all while screaming. That's the Beatlemania thing. And every one of these members feared the stalkers that he was getting, which were increasing in number as time went on. Yeah. And in 1967, Paul McCartney was quoted about the song in the London Times, where he said, it's really about the fans who hang around outside your door day and night. And he reflects it in the song's lyrics, which include See the people standing there, they worry me and never win and wonder why they don't get in my door. So now let's talk about George Harrison. No member of the Beatles was safe from stalkers. And George had at least two experiences with obsessed fans. And specifically, there were two who actually got into his home and one of them almost murdered him. George, in an anthology, 1995 Beatles anthology, his quote, was they used us an excuse to go mad, the world did, and then they blamed it on us, which I think is a great quote when we're talking about stalkers. Yeah, particularly when it comes to celebrity. So we're going to take a break for a word from our sponsor. Yes, you may have gathered this is a little bit of a heavier episode than some of them. And when we get back, we're going to talk about how Kristen Kelleher broke into George Harrison's Hawaii home. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Listen, you listen to true crime podcasts. You know that the world can be dangerous and unpredictable and that there will unfortunately be people who want to hurt each other. And so it's kind of nice to get a little peace of mind by having a good home security system. Just take a few precautions. And I recommend looking at Simply Safe Home Security. 
I've had my home broken into in the past, and it was a terrible feeling, even though nothing that bad really happened. Aside from an intruder, I just really like knowing that I have a security setup that lets me check in on my pets when I'm not home. That is a huge peace of mind giver when I am out traveling. Simply Safe sent me a whole home security system, and I was really, really impressed by the variety of indoor and outdoor cameras they offer. And the whole thing is backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash criminalia. That's simplysafe, S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash criminalia. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Hey, everybody, it's Holly. Listen, I've been doing stuff on stage since I was a kid, which means that I have been doing my makeup since I was a kid. And I can turn out a look when I need to, but on my day-to-day, I really like to keep it a little more relaxed and low-key. I don't have time for a full face most of the time. But that also means that Thrive Cosmetics can have me covered no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm doing something on stage, like I have an appearance or a live show, or I'm just running to the grocery store. Something in their line is perfect. And what I really love and what's important to me is that they are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. And to me, cruelty-free is very important in the cosmetics I use. I mentioned that I've been doing my makeup for a long time. I've gotten older in that time. And one of the things that I've done to refresh my look is switch over to their brilliant eye brighteners and use something like a rose gold shade to really like go all around my eye and then just blend it out and get a daytime smoky look. It makes me look a little more youthful and more refreshed. And it's just easy as pie. And it means that I don't have to mess with a whole ton of products. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash Criminalia for 10% off your first order. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Welcome back to Criminalia. Want to hear about the woman who drank George Harrison's root beer? Because I know we do. First of all, we are going to start with this woman whose name was Kristen. 
In mid-October of 1999, a 27-year-old woman, Kristen Kelleher, began obsessing over George Harrison. And on December 23rd of that year, Kristen broke into Harrison's 61-acre estate near Hana on the island of Maui. And those 61 acres were full of trees and bushes, very, very intentionally meant to discourage paparazzi and fans, like Kristen, from reaching the family's mansion. But somehow Kristen did reach the mansion, and she walked through an open sliding glass door. If I think back to the boy Jones, and it's always, how did the boy Jones get into the into, into the palace? Oh, through an open window. Like he just walked right in. Yeah, just straight in. So, uh, the circumstance of what Kristen did while she was there is actually kind of more interesting than how she got inside. So while she was there, she cooked a frozen pizza. She drank root beer from the family's refrigerator, did some of her own personal laundry, and then called her mother long distance in Long Branch, New Jersey. This is all according to the police. And although she was obsessed to the point of delusion, Kristen admitted to authorities that there was actually really no particular motive or reason for her visit. I have so many questions. Like, did she bring dirty laundry with her so that she could play house? Did she just take off what she had worn, wash <laughs> it, and then put it back on? I, it, I'm i very fascinated by the laundry in particular. In my mind, she actually has like a pillowcase sack of laundry that she took with her. But that's very like Sullivan's Travels, <laughs> like 1940s, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> So she was discovered an hour later by in-house security, who proceeded to, of course, call the police. Don Carroll, who was the caretaker and manager of the estate, stated at her hearing that she did not have any permission to be in the house. And he also added that Kristen had approached him a few months earlier in October of that year to tell him that she was hoping that she would run into the quiet beetle. It wasn't just Don who reported Kristen as an obsessed fan. There's a written statement that was sent to the court, and it was reported that Kristen had previously visited the home of Harrison's brother-in-law, asking to see the singer. And she was quoted saying, I thought I had a psychic connection with George. So after this break-in, Kristen was arrested, as you might suspect since we've been mentioning the hearing, and she was taken to the Maui Community Correctional Facility. That was at 4.30 a.m. on Christmas Eve. And the charge was actually burglary and theft. Plus, she also pleaded no contest to trespassing inside the estate. And Kristen was held on $5,000 bail or possibly $3,000. We came across both numbers in her records, but that's not really a super important detail, so we didn't really dwell on it. Ultimately, she served four months in jail for entering the house without permission and, of course, for the theft of eating frozen pizza and drinking root beer and probably that long-distance phone call as well. But upon her release from jail, a few more years of probation were, were added to her sentence. And as it turns out, in a bit of good fortune, the Harrison family was not actually at their Hawaiian home when Kristen broke in, at least according to the Maui police. It was reported in the London Times that Kristen was dangerous and that she would have tried to attack the Harrisons had they been at home. 
Maui police, though, replied that they, and we quote, wouldn't go so far as to call her a danger to the Harrisons. Those investigators believed that she was homeless. And looking for a place to do her laundry. And get a pizza and some root beer. Right. And a little snack while it was in the dryer. Uh, (laughs) But, okay, I'm joking right now, but this actually becomes way more tragic when you look at Kristen's life after this. On December 19th of 2006, that puts Kristen at about age 34, and that puts us about seven years after her visit to the Harrison home. She was found dead as uh, the result of a murder-suicide, and she had been fatally shot in the head outside of a Toyota 4Runner. According to the Nevada state deputies on the scene, a man named Stanley Merchant, who was seated in the car, had shot himself in the head as well. Both were shot with a 12-gauge shotgun, and to this day, there is still no answer as to why this happened. I am not George Harrison and can't imagine what it would have been like, but I would imagine this was all rather unsettling. I bet. However, Kristen's story is not the end of his stalker experiences. Strangely, she was one of two cases that actually happened very close together on the timeline. She was arrested just one week before Harrison encountered another intruder. That was a man named Michael Abram at Friar Park, which is George's estate in Henley-on-Thames, Oxfordshire. So we are going to take a break for a word from our sponsor right now. And when we're back, what motivates one man to scale a brick wall that's topped with barbed wire just to get to a member of the Beatles? We'll talk about it. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. (sighs) Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot, 
The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters— I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Welcome back to Criminalia. Let's talk about the night George Harrison was stabbed. Okay, so over the years, there have been a variety of of burglary attempts at the Friar Park estate. It's about 25 miles outside of London. There was a reported arson attempt in 1972, and George also received a number of written death threats over his decades as a member of the Beatles. In response, he had installed some pretty serious security. He had powerful lights and security cameras, electronically controlled gates, and the grounds were protected by a high brick wall, which was topped with barbed wire. And There was a team of security guards as well, and they had guard dogs, and all of this was on the premises. George was the first Beatle who decided to retreat from the limelight, and he moved to this protected country mansion. The grounds there were where Harrison fell in love with gardening, but they were also known for a network of caves, a maze, as well as vast underground and underwater features. Oh, and charmingly... Harrison salvaged more than one gnome as he was tending to the overgrown landscaping. He unearthed them, and he always kept them. He kept every one. That's a great little detail. And I actually encourage you to go look at this Friar Park estate because the previous owner from the Harrisons, they're the ones who did this like underground water system and and underground cave network. And they did kind of some creepy photography there, too. So it's it's all very There are a lot of pictures of it available online. Yeah, yeah. I highly encourage it. Uh, despite all the security measures that are in place, on December 30th of 1999, 33-year-old Michael Abram, who was a native of Liverpool, entered their estate. And I tell you, it was not to make their pizza. No. Uh, Michael somehow scaled that wall with the barbed wire on top, and entered the Harrison's mansion. This was at approximately 3.30 a.m. And he got in because he broke a window with a statue and climbed through. And as you might expect, when the statue comes through your window, 
it woke up the family. You would think. It actually makes me wonder if the family wasn't staying at the Hawaiian estate at the time, why was the sliding glass door open? <laughs> Let's ask Don that question next time he's around, the, the, the manager of the estate. I've always been curious. I'm like, why is that open? <laughs> I always wonder if open just means it wasn't locked. Maybe. But come on, Don. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> George's wife, Olivia, is actually the first who heard the noise. And when she heard it, she thought it actually wasn't an intruder. She thought that maybe a chandelier had fallen, which, I mean, to be honest, that's always my first thought when I hear a big noise in my house. It must be a chandelier. (laughs) But she quickly realized that someone was actually in their house. And she called security and she called the police. And while she was doing that, George put on a jacket over his pajamas and pulled on a pair of boots to go downstairs and check things out, which to me seems like it would have been quite a sight in his boots and his jacket. But that's where the fun part ends because when he went downstairs, Michael stabbed George several times in the torso with a seven-inch knife. And in the process, he punctured his right lung. George, in a written statement to the court, said, and we quote, There were times during the violent struggle I truly believed I was dying. He said that he chanted Hare Krishna at his attacker in an effort to distract him, but this just confused Michael. The struggle led the three, Michael, George, and Olivia, through three rooms of the mansion, and that didn't stop until Olivia struck Michael with a lamp. That finally was the act that caused him to drop his weapon. However, when he attacked Olivia and attempted to strangle her with the lamp cord, she finally escaped that, and she escaped with minor injuries and bruises. Unlike George, she didn't require hospitalization. Despite their injuries, the pair were able to overpower the intruder until authorities arrived. I have to say, if you didn't already just respect George Harrison for his musical genius, you have to have mad respect for him with a punctured lung yes. working together with his wife to subdue someone who is clearly not in their right place and violent. As it turns out, the police station was just shy of a quarter of a mile down the road. So the police were at the estate quite quickly, just in a blink of an eye. And when they arrived, they found this bloody scene and they arrested Michael. The couple's 21-year-old son and Olivia's mother, it's reported, were at home during the attack, but neither of them were injured. Can you imagine hearing that if you were in the other part of the house? (laughs) It's terrifying. It would be very terrifying. Yeah. So when questioned about Michael Abram, his family, his friends, his neighbors gave that common and ever so cliched answer that we all know. He was mild-mannered. Family later said that Michael had recently developed an obsession with the Beatles, and he was already released on bail for allegedly criminally damaging a Beatles advertising billboard in Liverpool. Investigators believed George was likely specifically targeted by Michael. When he attacked Harrison, he stated that he believed he had been sent by God to murder him. Michael also believed all of the Beatles were witches and that George specifically was trying to possess him. And this is really not where it ends. According to psychiatrist Philip Joseph, Michael's mental stability began to significantly deteriorate after the eclipse of August 1999, interestingly enough. And that is when Michael believed that the world would come to an end. And at that time, Michael also began to believe that Madonna could read his mind. He thought that the Oasis song Wonderwall was actually about the walls of his own apartment. 
And perhaps most interesting is that he also believed that he was the fifth Beatle. Before his Oxford Crown Court trial, Michael was admitted to a psychiatric unit for observation. Michael had reportedly been in and out of psychiatric hospitals over the years, and just six weeks before this attack, he was released from the psychiatric unit at Whiston Hospital because he was deemed by the staff not to have any psychiatric illness. But they were obviously wrong. During observation, three psychiatrists unanimously diagnosed him with a complex delusional disorder. So although this didn't really happen all that long ago, today's experts probably would more likely have said that he was suffering from untreated schizophrenia with paranoia and may have been having delusions as well. Olivia, George's wife, described Michael as, quote, crazed and frenzied on the night of the attack, that his hair was long and unkempt and that he wore a black leather jacket. She also said, this is so creepy to me, that throughout the attack, he was silent. He did not say a word, which she describes as, and we're quoting her, odd. An investigation into the attack determined that it wasn't a burglary gone wrong, that it was a planned attack on George, and Michael was charged with attempted murder. When he appeared in court, Michael had short blonde hair, he wore a black pinstripe suit, a white shirt, a pink tie, and round spectacles. He showed no emotion at the reading of the statement that George had given to the police after the attack. And he stated that he was grateful to his family and to his lawyers, who all continued to support him. And he said, quote, If I could turn back the clock, I would give anything not to have done what I did in attacking George Harrison. But looking back on it now, I have come to understand that I was at the time not in control of my actions. I can only hope the Harrison family might somehow find it in their hearts to accept my apologies. In addition, at the close of the trial, he gave another statement apologizing to the Harrisons for his actions, and it was read aloud in court by his attorney. And we quote here, I'm writing this letter in the hope that it would be passed on to Mr. and Mrs. Harrison. I wished to say how sorry I am for the alarm, distress, and injury that I have caused while I was ill. I have seen many doctors prior to the attack, and I was never told I was suffering from schizophrenia or any mental illness. I thought my delusions were real, and everything that I was experiencing was some kind of witchcraft. I know that Mr. and Mrs. Harrison fought for their lives, and that they must have been terrified by the lunatic in their house. The jury took just over an hour to return its verdict. Michael was found not guilty by reason of insanity, and he was sentenced to Scott Clinic, that's a medium security mental health unit, without time restriction. He was released from that facility in 2002. George, who was originally taken to the Royal Berkshire Hospital, was moved to the thoracic unit at Harefield Heart Hospital, where he could be treated by specialists. He did not attend the trial because he was still recovering from his injuries. And George was, it was once quoted as saying, and, and this wasn't immediately after this attack, this was just in general, he was saying that the whole magnitude of our fame made me nervous, which actually really becomes clear in these two weeks of his life. Yeah. Across the world, two (laughs) attacks is very scary. 
Uh, the chief executive of the Royal Berkshire, who was a man named Mark Gritton, was quoted at the time saying that although Harrison was shocked by the incident, he had not lost his sense of humor. He shared that George had told him, we quote, the man wasn't a burglar, but he certainly wasn't auditioning for the Traveling Wilburys. That <laughs> was great that you could still laugh about it. And that's funny. Um, so while we remember George as the Beatles guitarist who wrote and sang songs, including Here Comes the Sun and While My Guitar Gently Weeps, he did die of cancer in 2001 at the age of 58. And that was just one year before Michael Abrams was released. Upon his death, Paul McCartney told reporters of Harrison, quote, He was a lovely guy and a very brave man and had a wonderful sense of humor. He is really just my baby brother. And Ringo Starr said, and this is also a quote, We will miss George for his sense of love, his sense of music, and his sense of laughter. And there's also one more quote from the former Beatles producer Sir George Martin, who described Harrison as a, quote, very peaceful person who hates violence of any kind. So that is George Harrison. So, Holly, Uh please tell me that you named this drink Eleanor Whiskey. (laughs) I didn't, but it does have whiskey because I love you. Because you love Um, me. (laughs) (laughs) So I briefly thought about something with root beer because of the first entry, but I shied away from that. Um, And then, of course, like the obvious thing is to figure out a drink called a Sergeant Pepper. But if you do a quick internet search, you discover that a kajillion people have done a Sergeant Pepper. Right. And a mean Mr. Mustard is probably going to go a weird direction in a drink. Right. (laughs) But I still really like the idea of something with pepper in it. So I decided on a drink that I am calling the Peppery Sergeant. (laughs) And it starts with two ounces of whiskey. And into that whiskey, you are going to put a tablespoon of jalapeno jam. Ooh, jam. I would do, at this point, the whiskey neat. I wouldn't add any ice at this point. And you Mm -hmm. let the jam and the whiskey sit together just a little bit and then give it a stir so that your sugar can dissolve into the whiskey. And then you pop your ice into your glass on top of it. And then you just top it off with club soda. Oh, that's really easy. (laughs) It's really easy and it's really interesting and fun and it's quite light. Like one of my problems with whiskey is that the taste of it to my palate is very hard and heavy. Because you're diluting the whole thing, you just end up with kind of a light, crisp-tasting, really surprisingly refreshing beverage. So jalapeno jam is where it's at. Also, for anybody that just is similarly struggles with whiskey, (laughs) you can put any jam in whiskey. (laughs) Uh, You can do the same exact thing with like, A fig jam. You can do like an apricot jam, which is also very yum. The the key is that you have to just be ready for the fact that depending on the nature of your jam, mine was a homemade jalapeno jam. So it had definitely like chunks of chopped up jalapeno in it. Mm -hmm. So you just have to know that there's going to be some texture to your cocktail. And if you're not into that, you could strain it after you dissolve the the jam into the whiskey. But I actually like that extra little kick that you get from like, oh, a piece of jalapeno just hit my tongue. That's the peppery sergeant. <laughs> it's like a little surprise. <laughs> a little yummy surprise. Oh, that's excellent. A whiskey drink. I never thought it would happen. 
like a jammy whiskey drink. I've done others. Yes, yes, you have. I've done others. I'm forever trying to figure out ways I can mend my relationship with whiskey. Um, <laughs> we never had a falling out. We just, we circle each other. We have a lot of friends in common, but we never really have quite hit it off. That's my relationship with whiskey, but it's getting better. We're working on it. We're right. trying to set up some outings. Now. Seeing each other more often. <laughs> yeah, just hang out, find our commonalities. That's how we do it. That's how you make friends with the the spirit that you don't normally drink yeah if you do start experimenting with jam in your whiskey drink responsibly (laughs) we also want to thank you for uh hanging out with us and listening to our stories and our nutty drink recipes can't wait to see you back here next week for more criminalia Criminalia is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, please visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.